0: Welcome to New Hope's sermon of the week. We pray that you're blessed as you listen to this week's message.
1: I was playing golf um, recently with a friend of mine, and and <clears throat> when it's there and it's busy, they team you up with somebody else. And so we get down there, and they said, uh, the guy said to me, "Oh, you're playing with the old men." I said, "Really? Well, how old?" And he goes. 82 and 87. So <laughs> we got out, and, and I looked at the guy, and his name was Paul, the guy that my buddy we was playing, and I said, Oh, this is going to be interesting. And we're looking for a, you know, not a four hour game, but this could be a five or six hour <laughs> afternoon. <coughs> we get up, and these two men just hop up to the first tee, and they looked at us, and they go, Whippersnappers. <laughs> they go, Don't slow us down, little boys. <laughs> And they popped the tee down and smacked the ball 200 yards right down the middle of the fairway. Next guy did the same exact thing. He looked at me and goes, "Yeah, I'm old, but I'm six feet on this side of of the ground, not that side." <laughs> so I just thought, "Okay, good man. I, that's I, I want. I want your spirit, buddy. I, that's just that's just awesome." So um, when when I moved away from Brockport years ago, I used to come back, and they would. They put it in the in the bulletin that they were going to have a a soccer game because I was returning and they they knew I loved soccer and so they were going to have a soccer game so in the bulletin it, it was the Chris Dupre Memorial Soccer Game, <laughs> and and no one thought of it they didn't think twice you know they just put it in there you know it's like oh yeah we have good memories when Chris was here and so it's it's like no you use that <laughs> when they're dead so when you're thinking of the name <laughs> you know just make sure that. Memorial is not in there unless the person is actually dead. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and we were laughing over here in the corner because um, when you brought the kids down to the, to the gold mine, I, I, I haven't been here when you used that stuff. And I said to Carl, you know, what, a, what a great name. And said, I think he said, well, it sounds like coal mine. I thought, you know, if you're here and, you, you know, you're, you're a visitor and you send your kids down to the coal mine, they come back with soot and dirt. <laughs> What'd you do? Well, we're, we're working on the structure next door. <laughs> Foundations, the sports center. Mom, don't bring me back here. It's just, so uh, anyway, um, I guess that's about all the time we have, <laughs> which, is, which is good. Um, just been very prayerful about, about coming, uh, I love coming here. I love whatever role um, I have here uh, with whomever over the years, and uh, always appreciative. Good to see Ron and Linda. Yay. Yay, my old buddy. He and I used to have uh, Magnum Pi mustaches together. <laughs> he always had a better mustache than I did. It was, it was you know a little depressing, but. but then I, never mind, I won't say it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. <laughs> I love you, buddy. <laughs> um, moving on to the Bible. <laughs> um. I, uh, was reading recently. Um, Jesus is in the. Uh, I should have turned to that. Actually, this is, this is off the kind of top of my head here. But Jesus is he's in the in the boat um, with the disciples, and <coughs> somebody's laughing. Who's laughing? <laughs> okay, okay. I thought I, I. Wow, that's all it took. <laughs> Jesus is in the boat with the disciples, and and they don't. He's asleep. Um, they're all fishermen, so they're used to being out in the water and out in the storm and, and all that goes with that. And, and so um, he, is, he is in the bottom of the boat, just fast asleep, enjoying catching some Z's, and, and uh, the, the storm rages. And, and it's, it rages so much that the disciples are afraid, And which gets me. If the disciples are afraid and they're fishermen... How bad was that storm? Because they've been through a lot of storms, and it was so bad the disciples are afraid, and yet Jesus is in the boat sleeping. And these aren't big boats. I've been there. They're not big boats. There's two, there's two sizes. There's, there's one, the smaller fishing boat, which, which is just four to five feet wide, and then there's the other one, which is really only about eight feet wide. And it, for all the disciples to be in it, they're cramped. And so Jesus is cramped in this boat, and it's not a deep boat that has a separate area where it has living quarters. The bottom of the boat is just <laughs> where the wood comes together at the bottom of the boat. It's nothing comfortable, and yet he's just fast asleep. And the disciples are, are, are scared as, as, as can be. <clears throat> and in reading that, the uh, they they wake him up, you know, master of the storm, we're, we're all going to die. And, and, and he... I mean, I, I just picture how bad a storm this must be for for twelve grown men who are used to being out in the water, and they're they're afraid like little kids. I was gonna say little girls, but little boys can be pretty terrified too. And and, and uh, so they're, they're they're just scared as can be. And and Jesus just go. He, he just says, "No, it's all raging. The sky is raging. There's lightning." Thunder. He just goes, "Peace." And at that moment, everything stops. I mean, imagine you're there, and it just all stops. And you're like, wow. And then it says, and then they feared him, for they knew not who he was. And so you can, we can be so familiar with God, and yet when he moves in a way that we haven't seen him, it's like, whoa, I, I didn't know you that way. And they, they didn't know him that way. They knew him as the guy, he could do a few miracles, but they said, what manner of man is this? So in other words, they're finding out all about him. And, and that, this is our life. This is, our life is finding out all about him. Life is to know him. Um, my, my life is, is to know him more so that I know and love him more. It I t- I takes God to love God. And we've said that before, and I've said that before. But I, I need God to show me how to love Him. I need God to reveal to me His heart, so that I can then return the affection. My human beings were were created to respond, um, and and God was the God's the great initiator. And so when He initiates something, and I, I can respond. And so I, I just this picture I have are these men around, just befuddled, just. That, by the way, Steve, I don't know where you went, but befuddled, that would be a word that old people use, befuddled. Um, There you are, okay. Sorry, I couldn't see. I just didn't have my glasses. Uh, (laughs) Didn't hear your hand go up. Um, So here here I am, um, 40, let's see, 73, 41 years later, uh, still on this journey of, of knowing what he's like, still on this journey of, I, I I love being surprised by more aspects of who God is. I don't ever want to be so familiar with God um, that when he moves, I, I'm confounded. I, I should be rejoicing every time he unfolds and unveils himself. And um, Galatians 4 has just one of my absolute favorite passages. Uh, it starts in verse uh, 4. It says, when the fullness of time has come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. That's interesting. Born under the law. To redeem those who were under the law. Uh, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Now, now ladies, go with me here. Um, it, it speaks of sons. and We've all said this before. Your sons. Uh, we're, we have to deal with the bride of Christ I have to deal with posters that show the bride of Christ dressed up as the lovely woman with a long, flowing dress. And I have to go, yes, I'm part of that, minus the dress. (coughs) (laughs) So, here we are together. We receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of a son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. I love that passage. I love it. I am so glad I'm adopted by him. I, I, I wept the other day. Um, we, were, we came back to the house, and we had something to do in the later on in the day, and everyone was just going to take a quick power nap. And I went down, and I made the mistake of, of, of hitting uh, just – I go to, to see if I have messages, and I went over to Facebook real fast because there was a message for me about a trip in December – and then I, I saw this. It was a, it was um, what's it called? FaithNet. That has encouraging videos, and it said guaranteed to make you cry. And I said, <laughs> Oh yeah, try. <laughs> so I hit on it, and <laughs> it was this young couple telling this thirteen-year-old girl that that she wasn't going to go back to uh, to live at the home, and that they were going to adopt her, and that. They, she was going to have a forever family. Mm. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> i said, sitting there going <laughs> And she, she, fu- she fell on her knees, and she, she just she crumbled onto the mother. And the mother's 30 years old. You know, they got, a little, they got two little kids. And they, they, they brought this girl in, and they said, we love you. We love all these things. We love this about you and that about you. And she's undone. She doesn't know what to do. Uh, and, and uh, sometimes we become all too familiar with the fact that what we've been adopted from and who we've been adopted into. And some people just live in one life or the other, and they, they, live, oh, this is what I ended up, you forget about what you could have been. Um, and then there's some people that live in, this is what you could be, this is what, and yet they don't live in the fullness of who they are. And so you live in either place too much, you don't become who God's called you to be. Um, and if adopted, then an heir. And the strange thing about Jewish adoption, I have, I have a friend from Kansas City who's Jewish and adopted. And uh, the interesting thing with the Jewish adoption, which I didn't know, well, I, I've known now for 20 years, but I, I didn't know years ago, was was that <coughs> I... Um, and it's, it's actually law here in the United States, too. They, they brought it over. and It's been a part of law here. The uh, I can... Uh, disinherit my children. I can, I can write up a will and I can disinherit my children, but if I've adopted a child, I cannot disinherit that child. Wow. You have legally brought this child, and, and you can't, so don't, don't let anybody tell you that you can be disinherited. It's just ain't true. He's got you. Yeah, he, he, he has more power to keep you. And you have the power to not keep yourself. So I, I just—it's it, just such an encouraging thing for my heart. It's like, oh, I, am I living like this? And the, the option of that—the option of, of an adopted child is a, is an orphan. Now I have a dear friend who who is in St. Louis. He's a worship—he was the worship pastor at a church I go to on, on a regular basis, and and they adopted two kids from uh, from Russia, and. Uh, I was there shortly after the kids came over. I mean, literally days after the kids were there. And there was a, a banquet that was being being done. Um, it was not the Christmas Memorial Banquet, but it was, the, it was, a, it was a, just a real nice banquet at the church. And you know how it is when you, church people just make an abundance of food, um, especially in the Midwest. They just, you know, when I go up to Minnesota and they had one, it's like everyone brought jello. It's like every different kind of jello salad you can imagine. Um, I was in heaven at the time. Not now, but back then I was. So I, I, I get up and think, oh, this is going to be great. And you know what the, 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 the two kids, I watched them because the, the guy who I was with I was walking through the line. He, go, he had to stop his kids because it was the classic ad- adopted scene, the classic orphan scene where they took a roll and put it in their pockets and put another one in their pants. Because they're not used to having enough. They're used to not having enough. So they're going to store up something for the fear of future loss. And that's what an orphan spirit does. It, it just it, It's not confident that it's adopted. And I watched these kids with an orphan spirit go through there and just take, and they, they, they piled food. There's no way that they could eat that. There's no way an adult was going to finish that meal, let alone, you know, these kids were like five and seven. And they didn't they didn't speak English, and they knew hi, and that was about it. And and so they just dumped all this food on their. And they just kept going through every everything, dumping beans, dumping corn, you know, whatever. And they got done, and they didn't, you know, they didn't know how, what to do with it. And and um, <clears throat> this the whole aspect of sonship versus orphan spirit. Um, I have to tell you, that, and just being honest, it hit me. I 'm going out there talking about Papa God and, and his great affection, and, and I'm a son, and I 'm confident and, I, and, and, and uh, just pulling the veil of, of honesty back. A, a dear friend of mine just did a recording, and um, the the whole aspect and all the things how it was done, I helped initiate the thing some years ago and helped connect people that, to make the thing happen. But then when it happened, it happened in a much grander scale than I ever thought would happen. And now it's going out in a much grander um, uh, expression than, than, I, than I thought. And I was, I was like, whoa, what, what, what am I feeling? Uh, I'm feeling a little bit of jealousy. I'm feeling a, a little bit of, well, I helped put that together. That should happen for me. And, and I 'm just being honest with you, I just had to go look in the mirror and say, "Orphan spirit, you just shut your mouth and go, yeah. go back, go back to where you're bl- I'm not, I'm not going to respond as an orphan." And so to, to, to no one else, I, I didn 't leak. <laughs> I, I told my wife, i'm going through that. I, I, just, I just felt this. I, I don 't want to feel this. We prayed together, and then I made sure that I went online and wrote the things to encourage and to say the things that are contrary to an orphan spirit, but are, are, are from a son and not an orphan. Um, <clears throat> the, the, the days ahead, um, life, life challenges us in our sonship, and it challenges us as, as orphans. And if we misread um, the nature of God as Father, if we misread, if we're in the boat and we don't have a clue what he's really like, if we're insecure or unsure of the nature of the personality of Jesus, then when things happen, then we question his goodness. When you question his goodness, you've just said, Dear Orphan Spirit, walk into my house and and, and do what you want to do, because he will give you all sorts of uh, thoughts and opinions of what you should say, how how you should react, how you should not react, how you should respond, uh, the the kind of attitude you should have that, that, you know, it's just an amazing thing. An orphan spirit is one of the most creative, demonic spirits I've ever seen in my life, uh, and and he's he's waiting to to jump on those that that are unsure of the nature of God, or or have come and, and been brought up under a kind of uh, of father. And I don't want to get into that. There's a, there's there's too much to go in there. But, but our background and our understanding of Father <clears throat> and, and being able to, to then look at the fathering we've had, which is always imperfect, and compare that to the Father who's perfect. And, all, and we all try to make the, the, the pass over, but for, for so many of us, I know for myself, many of us, as, we, as we've come over here, these little things have just hung on from where we've come from and and sometimes we don't deal with them, and sometimes 20 years later, eh, orphan spirit comes out. And He just he wants to engulf those things around. <coughs> um, is this okay? Yeah. Okay. I, I want to put up a, a, a little video, Brian. We're gonna. And before I do, <coughs> I really need to to prepare you for this. Some of you are gonna see this video and you're gonna go, Oh yeah, I remember this one. That's, that's yeah. And some of you are going to see this and go... Uh, uh, something's going to rise up in you. And, and everything n- to walk... Don't walk out. Okay? Is that good preparation? Don't walk out. Yeah. Don't walk out. Now it's like, oh, I've got to see this one. All right. <laughs> what, what I want to give you is, an un- is is a mocking version of how sometimes we we see God incorrectly. We think that he corrects us or... Or has this to say about us. And we, we miss God's intent in our lives so often. All right. So this video is not, you know, here's Jesus and this is what he's like. This video is to say it, who he's not. And how we sometimes misinterpret. So hopefully I've directed him to the right place in the video. So whenever you're ready back there, go ahead.
0: Do you think he can fly? Shh! Here he comes! Well, all right. Now it's time for me to tell you all what you've done wrong since I last saw you. And don't try and hide because I'm Jesus. I will find you. Let's start with you, Peter. You lied to your mother the other day. Andrew, you said a naughty word when you hit your finger with the hammer. James, you laughed at him when he hit his finger. Moving right along, John, you drank too much wine the other night, not way too much, just enough to make me angry. Matthew, we fell asleep in church, didn't we? Yes, we did. And Thomas, you were slow dancing a little too close with that girlfriend of yours. Let's see, and you... I forgot your name, so you're off the hook for now. Philip, I saw you smoking a cigarette behind that big rock the other day. Thaddeus, I hate to say I saw you stick up your middle finger at someone who cut you off when you were riding your camel. Benjamin, you aren't wearing your WWJD bracelet. Jacob, I don't mind you saying my name, but not after you stub your toe. (laughs) Um, Frank, you know what you did. I just can't repeat it because I'm Jesus. That's good. That's good.
1: Me. OK. <laughs> 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 OK. <laughs> <So> <laughs> <laughs> can, can I tell you the, the, the main reason why that's so not Jesus, besides the voice <laughs> which I absolutely love. <laughs> Um, is that God throws our our sin into a sea of forgetfulness. Therefore, he chooses to never remember. Therefore, anything, any voice that reminds you of past sin is never God. Anything that reminds you of past sin is not God. Now, we can remind ourselves of, of failings in the learning process. And we can have the Holy Spirit quicken to us of of maybe something, oh, oh no, you did this last time, and this th- these were the results. But I'm talking about the reminder and the guilt and the shame that's attached to it and who we are. Jesus does not walk around and do this. And his disciples are, are, are seeing him in the, in the boat, seeing him detached, asleep, away, and... and and not caring about what we're going through. He's never that way. He's actually, what he's doing, he's, he's modeling absolute peace in the midst of the storm, because that's his nature. And he wants us to join him. What, the, what, he was, what he was hoping for was that 12 disciples in the storm would lay down in the boat and go to sleep. Then they would know who he was. Then they would know that he's in charge of the storm, and all they have to do is abide. That's That's the choice. <clears throat> um, uh, I don't know if it was last time or the time before that I was talking about Joseph and God's been speaking more to me about Joseph. But one of the little things that, it, that in Joseph uh, <clears throat> I think it's Genesis 37 Joseph is 17 years old and it, it, it goes on and speaks about, and you can look it up Genesis 37 and, and read uh, from there to 40 and the story of Joseph is, is really, a, it's an amazing story um, but is it says that. Matter of fact, let me turn to that Genesis 37. Um, while I'm turning, uh, you guys can just sing whatever song you want. <laughs> getting to know you, getting to know you. Aren't you glad, Ralph, stopped singing at one point? Okay. Um, <coughs> actually, Ralph has a great voice, doesn't he? You got a beautiful voice, buddy. Yeah. I just, I would just love to see you on Broadway doing movements. Would that that be funny? (laughs) We would, you would. But there's a lot of different words to pronounce, so that's. Okay. (laughs) Now, (laughs) Leadership 101. Okay, I wasn't highlighting you and then saying Leadership 101. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, you know, if you're going to have God's school for men and women, how to go from being children to men and women. I think the life of Joseph is, is, would be the exact school to go through. Uh, you know, because he's just, he's, he's 17 years old. Now, jo- Jacob dwelt in the land where his father uh, was a stranger in the land of Canaan. Now, this is the history of, J- of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding his, I love the fact, here's, here's the history of Jacob, and Joseph was 17. Wow. Here's a here's a time when when a son became a better father than the father, and so the history of Joseph or Jacob actually starts with Joseph. So up until that point, there had been ten boys. Joseph is number eleven, and that's when God begins to to record the history of Jacob. Wow, that's amazing. He was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with the sons of Belad and the sons of Zilpah and his father's wives. Has a problem right there. And Joseph <laughs> brought a bad report of them to his father. Um, little brother brings a bad report to his father. They're doing this and they're doing that. and They're picking on me. Not my boy. Now Israel, <clears throat> Jacob, loved Joseph more than all his children. Not good. Not good. Now, I, I have kids. I, I, I just... A lot of you know my kids. If I stood up here and said, yeah, I love so-and-so more than the other, you know, it's like, you'd look at me and, and you would probably not want to listen to anything I'd have to say. Because as a father, I, I don't do that. I, I can't do that. Um, there are moments I enjoy one of them more than the other. <laughs> uh, and your laughter confirms that that's an absolute fact. <laughs> so we do. We do enjoy someone at this moment and th- we're not enjoying someone at this moment. And so that that enjoyment and love (laughs) are very different. Um, And Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also he made him a tunic or a coat of many colors. There's a couple of bad things that he did as, as far as a leader. So here we go. We have a father that singles out his young son and it says he loved him more than the others and... And just that the word "loved" means he showed affection or he, or he highlighted affection. So in other words, he highlighted affection to Joseph all the time and then the others didn't get it in the same way. So we always say, you know, Joseph, you, you're, you're an idiot wearing your coat of many colors and then you went out and bragged to your, you know, look what my father made me. But it all started with Dad. It started with Dad highlighting a kid who had no choice but to grow up being singled out, being loved more, being cared more, having having all of, all of Joseph. Oh, look at Joseph, he's so cute. Yes, Dad, I see that. Yeah, but did you see the way that he, he, he did that? He spit, and, and whoa, yeah, Dad, I can spit too. You know, it's like, I, I can spit father. Yeah, but he spits cuter. And, and no, it's for 17 years, his brothers had to listen to this. For 17 years. And what happens is, under that category, they went from sons to orphans. Joseph was basking in sonship. He'd never known anything else. He'd never known what it was like to be anything else. And so, so his, I, I look at him, I go, well, Joseph, you were foolish. You were 17 old, years old and you were foolish. And, and it says, when his brothers saw that his father loved him more than all his, his other brothers, they hated him. And they could not, it said they wouldn't, it said they could not speak peaceably to him. I mean, have you ever had a brother or sister that you just couldn't speak peaceably? We'll stop and move on. <laughs> Joseph had a dream, and then he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. He said to them, please hear this dream I have dreamed. And they were binding sheaves in the field, and my sheaf rose and stood upright, and all yours stood around and bowed down to me. What do you think, guys? <laughs> Joseph, shut up. <laughs> Your prophetic gift. You, okay, you've got one. Okay? But you're too young and you just misused it. You misfired. You shot yourself in the foot and you don't know what you just set up for yourself. <clears throat> um, and his brother said to him, Oh, shall we indeed, you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more. I mean... When you hate even more, and then you hate even more, how much more hate is that? I mean, wow! He dreamed still another dream. He told it to his brothers. McFly, look, I've dreamed another dream. The sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. I don't know if Benjamin was born yet. Uh, I I don't. I'm not. uh, he, He might have been born. So if, if he is, he's saying, all you 11 and little Benjamin all bowed down to me. Or he's, he's saying, you 10, dad and mom, bow down to me. In other words, everyone that's in my family, you will bow to me. I like this dream. What do you guys think? <clears throat> so he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him. What is your dream? Why are you, you show your mother and I and your brothers indeed come bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. No, Dad, this is time for you to say, I'm sorry, I blew it. Parents, if you have set up within your home a potential orphan spirit, if you've highlighted one of your children, stop it now. It's not too late. Yeah. Gather your kids around and say, you know what? We highlighted her achievements this last year, academic achievement, and it's been wonderful. I just want to set the rhetoric straight because one, vo- you're going to hear two voices, or you're at least going to hear one. I want to make sure you hear the other one. And here's, here's the right voice. I love you. I love you all. I love this about you. I love that about you. And describe in detail why they're important and why they're great. Even up the score, and don't let, don't let that orphan spirit enter your home. Be on guard, parents, leaders. Be on guard. Here, don't don't. I mean, there's a, there. And here's the thing, is because when God brings favor, because Joseph is about to get favor, God gave him these dreams. And uh, so Joseph, you know, the, the brothers decide uh, they they throw him in a pit, and you know the story. Um, <clears throat> they throw him in a pit, and they're going to kill him. And thank God for Reuben, who's you know says no, let's not kill him. So they they slay an, an animal, cover the coat of many colors with another color red, and take it back to dad and in the meantime, they sold him to some Egyptians on the way and, and who then sell him to Potiphar and everybody makes a buck off joseph and here he is he 's never known anything but sonship now the test of joseph 's life comes into play okay now now he's he's got he's going he's to what did God do why did why did my father let this happen. Why? Do, he, he doesn't, you don't, you never hear from that point on, you never hear about the foolishness of Joseph. Because something kicked in where the, the goodness and the faithfulness of God prevailed. And it says in every situation that he rose up and became the man. In Potiphar's house, he becomes the man. In prison, he goes from a pit to Potiphar to prison, and then finally to promise. He goes through this whole thing. But, and again, you know the stories as well as I do. What has been just burning on me lately is the aspect of living out of sonship and, and how the things that, that suddenly were moving in this direction, God seems to be giving us promises. And the next thing we know is there, we are veered off into a course that we had nothing to do with. And we end up over here, we wonder why our car got repossessed. What, what did I do wrong? Why was I bad? And, and there's nothing. Or, or this economic situation. Or this one uh, gets sick. And, and, or this child. And, or you're you afflicted here. And, and then the questions begin to go. And we begin to question Father for his goodness. When, you, when you, It's okay to have questions. But when you question his character and goodness, you then open up to an orphan response. So I'm either going to respond as a son or I'm going to respond as an orphan. And I love Joseph because he comes back and he responds to the sun every time. I mean, it should be a crash course for, for everybody. How not to, act, uh, how not to uh, act around your brothers, 101, okay? When you're young, the, don't do this, okay? How, how to be responsible in your job, Potiphar, 101. How to handle lust, Potiphar's wife, 101. You know, she, you, we think she comes uh, towards him once. She doesn't, she did it twice, he rebuked her and went, went his way. And then, and then it says, then she came again. She saw his young beauty. And she comes back again after him. Now, I, after the first time, the, the son's going to go, okay, good job. Way to go, Chris. Hey, I did it. And he's thinking, way to go, Joe. And, and then she comes back the second time. And, and Hetty said, I barely made it. Oh, I don't know what I'll do if that happens again and then he begins to speak doubt instead of standing in in his heart and in his mind but in the second time he's right there he didn't he didn't leave he didn't leave who he was and who he who he was in god and when he when the same temptation comes again the second time he stood he stood even better he, he didn't even he didn't even accuse and here's the interesting thing is is that when joseph goes to prison he doesn't go and this, here's, the, here's the God setup, and here's where it's encouraging, is that um, we, I, I hate to say it, we all have prison moments. It sounds so trite to say it, and I don't mean it to be, but we all have moments where we feel like we're in prison by, by a situation, by finances, by, by a job thing we want, we want change, we can't change it, or it's changing and we can't do anything about it, or we feel we're on the backside of the hill and that nobody really cares, nobody calls us, whatever little thing that is on you that, that gives us those, those prison moments, um, realize that sometimes, sometimes it's, it's, if, if we can respond in the right way, it's the most perfect setup from God to come out and to be the strongest in that area. Uh, that's one thing I love about Bill Johnson. He, he just uh, showed a scar one time. And he just, uh, he used to, he comes to our church in, in, in Franklin, Tennessee every year. And, and there was a group of us, and he said, just come over and feel the scar. And I can't remember what was on his hand. I don't remember actually where it was. But just came over and said, feel the scar. Like, what's this? this if I feel the scar, will, will my hearing get better? You know, it's like, I don't, didn't know what was going on. <laughs> it's like, isn't that something? And, and it's just like, and over here, it's just like baby skin. He said, when this got cut... He said, I, I just, why, why did this happen to me? But that scar, that's the strongest part of my skin. Because, wow. That's the strongest part of my skin. And wow, God, my cuts. They are. If, if I let them heal right, if I stop picking at them. But when you keep picking at it, it never heals. Stop picking at it. Stop stop inflaming it. Stop making it. It it had its purpose. God may not have ordained that to happen. But what he wants to do is he wants to take the unordained pain and make it your strength. But when you pick it, unordained pain, it becomes ordained pain lifestyle. And you then become a victim to that scar. You become a victim to that cut. And you pick on it and pick on it and you you can't let it go. And after a while, you are... That cut. That becomes your identity. And then it's, look at this. It's not, look at how God healed my scar. That's the strongest part of me. It's, look what happened to me. That's, a, that's an orphan. It's an orphan who lives over there. <coughs> so, I love Joseph. I love his life. I love the fact that he's an absolute idiot. Um, <coughs> I do. I just, I just love the fact that he's an idiot because I, I, so identify with idiocy on, on many levels. <laughs> um, but as a father, I want to learn as a father. I don't, I don't want to set one of my kids up for an orphan spirit. I don't ever want to set. When I was in Kansas City, I had to, I had to make sure that <clears throat> as I'm looking and highlighting someone because here's the, here's the thing is that Joseph is just about ready to get favor from God. And when God brings favor on someone. I want to I weep with those that weep and I want to rejoice with those that rejoice. And as I said, I said before, if I, most of us don't mind weeping with others that weep because they're in a place of weakness and we come along, oh, I'm so sorry this happened. Can I bake you something? I, I never say that, but, you know. <laughs> they're like, no, please don't. You know. <laughs> Buy me something, you know. Um, but it's, oh, Jan's here. Jan and Dave. Hi, guys. Jan can bake anything. There you go. Just have Jan bake something. You'll be great. <laughs> um, <coughs> and you, we weep with we, those that weep, but rejoicing with those that rejoice. They're getting what I wanted. Ah, Where to go? So glad you got that record contract. God bless you. I hope you don't sell a hundred. <laughs> Orphan. Right. I want to I I be a son. I want I everyone around me, I want them to flourish. And I want to rejoice when they flourish. And I don't want to become the victim of when I don't. <clears throat> and lastly, here's the setup. It says that Joseph was sent to Pharaoh's prison. I did a little research. There were a number of prisons. There were prisons for those that, that had no money and, and couldn't pay things off. You know, They, they, they were you know, debtors' prison. There, there was uh, a municipal prison at that time in, in that area, and it was every, a townships had it. And there's another word for township that they used, which I can't even pronounce. But they had it. And then there was Pharaoh's prison, and it's unusual that Joseph would go to Pharaoh's prison because because uh, Joseph was was first he was he's Jewish, and in uh, well, there wasn't much of a Jewish history then. It was just four generations, but he's he's. Uh, he's not a part of, of Pharaoh's court, but because of Potiphar's position, Potiphar's position then thrust him into Pharaoh's prison. Joseph would never have been found in all the other prisons. Pharaoh's prison was not a huge prison. It was it was selected for those within Pharaoh's court and dominion that he decided need to go to prison. It's very unusual. So God sets him up with Potiphar, and he ends up over in Pharaoh's prison, and he's the only one. And now his prophetic gift is coming forth. Now he's mature in it. And even after the, the baker and the butler, even after they come and go, and, and he's forgotten about for two more years, he's still faithful. He's still a son. He's still faithful. He's, he's not an orphan. He's not going to live there. I'm not, I'm, it says, and he was, he, was not, he was forgotten, but not by God. And so he holds on to this, I am never forgotten by God. I am never released from him. I am I'm his son. I will be his son. That's my identity. And so I just want to encourage you, the, the, the years and the moments, sometimes it seems like years of prison. boy, um, well, I tell you, I, I, I have a scar right here. And you can see it. And it happened when I was mowing the yard, uh, which we, I have to go back, actually, and mow my yard. S- sorry. Um, sorry. <laughs> Uh, But there's a bush I go by, and I always forget to pull my arms in or have my, you know, and this, so this thing just kind of lasts all summer long, because every time I go by that bush, there's all these things that scrape, and it always hits that same spot. And then I just will sit there during a movie or whatever, and and it's like, oh. You know, and somebody said, how long has that been there? I said, well, as long as I keep picking at it, it's going to stay there. <laughs> it's a reminder to me. <laughs> it's a reminder to me. Stop picking. And it's a reminder to me that, that, that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a son, and it's a choice that I can make. And, you know, y- your daughters, your lovely daughters, can, can I just say you're not victims. That Jesus is not the Jesus that we serve. That's a silly illustration to make a huge real point. He doesn't walk around and tell you what you didn't do. He walks around and tells you who you are. And your sons and your daughters and you're not victims. And you are heirs and you cannot be disinherited. And I love that. So, Lord, I just thank you. Because you are, you are setting this place up for, uh, for fulfillment, for favor, uh, you are setting people up to be advanced within these four walls, but many outside of them. And you want us to rejoice and not respond uh, as orphans, but you want us to move forward as sons and daughters and as family. And as Ralph said and talked about, isn't this why we come together? Don't we want family? And Lord, I've watched during times this morning, both times, uh, having to corral people back because they wanted to talk and love on each other. And so thank you for sons and daughters who want to see others succeed. And so I I pray the spirit of sonship to be increased in this place. And Lord, we just give a resounding no to the orphan spirit in Jesus' name. You will not have a voice in this church. You will not have a voice in these families. And we say no to the orphan spirit and yes to sonship in Jesus' name. Amen.